Welcome to the Honor Your Aura podcast, a podcast devoted to learning about, caring for, and empowering the energy within, with your host, Kema England. This episode of the Honor Your Aura podcast is brought to you by the Kamali Temple. If you find that you are one of the sensitive souls out there, feeling, hearing, seeing more than most, it is imperative that you are sensitive to yourself. This is one of the main reasons why the Kamali Temple was created, to offer sensitive souls like you the opportunity to care for your energy, your body, your mind, your emotions, your spirit, and give you the opportunity to fill your cup so that you can share the overflow and make the difference in this world I know you are being called to make. So head on over to the KamaliTemple.com to book an energy healing session or reading to support yourself as you navigate this life path. www.thekamalitemple.com now on to the episode. Welcome back everyone. I know that this is quite the popular topic and that many of you may even identify as being an empath. So whether you identify as an empath or not, I think that it's important to acknowledge that we are all opening and feeling more, seeing more, hearing more, sensing more, uh, way more than just the physical than ever before. We all are sensitive beings. It's just a matter of kind of where we are in our path. And if we're at a place where we are open to honoring and experiencing those aspects of ourselves, from my experiences and observances, of myself, my clients, and students, it is clear that we are awakening, expanding our consciousness, shifting our beliefs, and the limits of what we once thought possible. It's clear that we're picking up on and even channeling subtle energies. We're tuning into subtleties and the things that lie beneath the surface of our physical reality. And we're even picking up on the feelings of complete strangers or the feelings of the collective. And I find all too often, and I know even for myself, my sensitivities felt like a curse and my empathic nature felt incredibly disempowering. And so I hope for this episode that it not only sheds some light on the bigger picture of empathy, but also turns any disempowerment that you might be feeling into empowerment. So empathy is often referred to as the ability to tune into or feel the feelings of another. And that could be another human, that could be an animal, that could be a plant, that could be Mother Earth could be another being and truly that is because we are all connected it is our inherent ability to be able to connect with another and 
to have these feeling experiences. But where the wires can get crossed is that we feel that we must take on the energy of another. And in that taking on, we can actually feel maybe the pain or the suffering of that individual or that thing that's going through that experience. And that is never our job. And one of the things that I find happens so often is when sensitive souls come to have this word empathy to describe their nature, often we can really limit ourselves if we just identify as being an empath without realizing that there are actual tools to to grow, to expand, and to empower this aspect of our beingness. And I say this because I have been there. So I'll just give you a little backstory. Growing up, as really far back as I can remember, I was able to tune into the feelings of another. I was able to pick up on subtleties that were happening under the surface. So I could detect emotions, thoughts, feelings that weren't being expressed. So this led for a lot of confusion because what I was seeing at face value or what I was hearing someone say wasn't necessarily matching the intuitive or empathetic experience that I was having underneath and even more so when I would express that when others couldn't validate or confirm that for me it was incredibly frustrating and made me feel very alone. Now on top of that which is what created an even greater imbalance in my empathetic nature was that my mother suffered from manic depression and me being so sensitive in my nature, I would not only take on her pain, but I would do so because she would often say to me, you'll never know how I feel, you'll never understand how I feel or what I've gone through. And while It's true that I didn't go through the life that she had. I could very much feel her feelings. And because she would say that to me, I would try even harder to feel them, to prove to her that I could. And in an effort as well, on a subconscious level, to try to take her pain away and thinking that I could somehow do that, which I now know is impossible but you know flash forward that tendency played out in a lot of ways it would play out as I started opening back up to my sensitivities again you know later in life that I felt that I needed to take on the feelings of the of another and I also did it in, as a way um, of keeping myself safe when I would go into a room or into an environment I would tune into everyone's energy and I didn't even realize that I was operating under that program. So when I became so 
I would say, overwhelmed by my mother's energy and the fact that I didn't quite feel seen or heard with these sensitive, intuitive gifts, I went through a period of time where I just shut down and blocked them out. And that left me feeling less than whole, for sure. And like, I was living my life with this huge missing link. And I was. It wasn't until my early 20s when I decided to do my first Reiki training that I began to open back up. And in that opening back up, there were a lot of growing pains because I was starting to feel again. I was starting to become sensitive again. And never mind my lifestyle at the time, you know, that just opened the floodgates. It opened the floodgates of, you know, stored emotions, of choices that I had made up until that point. And then it's opening, you know, my sensitivity to others and the world around me. So that took a few years to realize what was really happening and to create a sense of empowerment around all of these, uh, the floodgates of energy that we're now opening, and I'm sure that many of you can relate. So luckily, through the practice of Reiki and eventually my work with crystals, I started to better understand energy and how to take care of myself energetically. I know that there can be this tendency, especially for those that have the empathic nature to want to help others before helping themselves and can be so sensitive to world, to the world around them but are not sensitive to themselves. I know that, you know, during I would say when I started opening back up, it really took a good amount of time to realize this, to realize that how I talked to myself mattered, how I cared for myself mattered on all levels. And then, you know, to actually allow myself to feel, to feel emotions and to befriend all aspects of myself, the light and the dark, the positive and the negative, the heavy and the light. And that allowed me to then better navigate the polarities of energy in the world around me. I used to even be completely overwhelmed just by going in a grocery store. I used to fill up my basket and sometimes have to just leave it and walk out because I was feeling so much energy. And this luckily has shifted. And at a certain point, I didn't think that it was going to and was completely overwhelmed and didn't know how I was going to navigate life, never mind navigate doing my healing work. So I'm going to share with you some of the things that I learned and incorporated to shift that disempowerment into empowerment. So firstly, as I just mentioned, taking care of myself on all levels was the first priority. Knowing that I needed to fill my cup, energetically speaking, 
before I could share because you must fill your cup and then you can share the overflow. If you are giving from a depleted source, whether you're an energy healer or not, you're always going to feel even more depleted and just this open vessel for others and energies of the environment to really latch on to. So filling your cup, you know, yeah, giving yourself Reiki or just placing your hands on your body, lovingly caressing your body, talking nicely to your body, talking nicely to yourself, being patient and compassionate with yourself, having rituals of self-care, hanging out with your crystals, touching your body nicely in the shower, any time you can, really loving up on you. And all of that matters. All of that is energy. What you put into your body with food, with what you're reading, with what you're watching, what you're listening to, all of that is an energetic exchange. And I know we've talked about this in prior episodes of the On Your Aura podcast, but all of that matters. How you are filling your cup, energetically speaking, on all levels, truly matters. And with this comes respecting your energy. I know for me, my Aries fire wants to just keep going and keep going until burnout. And so it took a lot to actually create those boundaries with myself to say, you know, Kema, if you're tired, rest, lie down, take a minute, you know, don't do that one more thing. Often, going to the grocery store would be that one more thing. I was already totally cooked and then I would go and add one more thing to my plate. So knowing that your body is always signaling to you what it needs and it's up to you to honor that, to take time to rest and to recharge, take those little breaks during the day and create boundaries around how you're spending your time. You know, if you start to notice that you're going out too much and that's depleting your energy, then you have to consciously make a choice to do something that's more soul nourishing, more refueling. So pay attention to those tendencies, pay attention to what you're doing throughout the day and how it's actually making you feel. If you're doing a lot of computer work, how can you set up your office in a way that feels really good that maybe you have some selenite crystals around you light a candle use some essential oils again you take some breaks do those things that you need to to replenish your energy so that your energy is filled up so that then when you are interacting with others and the world you actually not only have a full container but then you have energy to share. And this was one of the biggest shifts that happened in terms of going to the grocery store. I would have this tendency, so two things actually. When I would go into a grocery store or even go to a party or a social gathering, even a yoga class, I realized that A, I would have the tendency of actually leaving my body, energetically leaving my body and jumping into the energy of everyone in the room or who I was around in the grocery store, which 
I had to create a distinct boundary that that is not my job. If I'm getting paid in my energy healing practice to tune into someone's energy in that way, fine. It's a conscious exchange and for a purpose. However, it is never my job or your job to jump into the energy field of another person. And sometimes it might be based on the programming of a child. Maybe you do it to feel safe, to feel in charge or in control of your environment, but it's totally deserving you. And then I would jump into all of these different energies and then I would come back into my body, my energy and feel completely overwhelmed or anxious. And even for so long, I thought that I had social anxiety and then I'd have to leave the social gathering or I'd start to create, you know, so many stories around what was actually happening. So when I would start to notice that I was doing that, I'd have to reel myself back in. And create that boundary to say, Kema, stay in your own body, stay in your own energy. And over time, I was able to do that. Now, the second thing is once I realized that I could actually be in my body and through self-care, you realize, wow, I actually want to be in my body. I know for so long I wanted to just check out because I didn't like being in my body. It didn't feel very good because I wasn't talking to myself nicely because I wasn't caring for myself. So I'd always want to check out. So that created the inner environment, the inner space that you actually want to reside in. And then furthermore, when you're in an environment, like whatever it is, a grocery store or a yoga class, you realize my energy matters here. And if you're taking care of your energy just by being fully present, your energy is actually creating a positive impact. So rather than all of these ener- thinking that all these energies are coming in, right, that you actually can be grounded in your energy and let your energy radiate out or ripple out and positively impact all that you are around. Your energy matters that much. So with that being said, there was this other huge shift that took place. Now, I know that this is something that is taught and shared quite often, which is energetic protection. So I have some very distinct points of view around this because I think that this terminology can be misused and disempowering in of itself because often we think of protection, we think of this armor, we think of this dark cloak that's shutting out the world, which can only further perpetuate, um, you know, this distaste for humanity. It can make us feel even more isolated and it can actually shut down and deplete our energy. It's important to remember that light, that being in our energy, that being grounded and present is the most powerful means of this word protection. When we consciously and intentionally allow our being to be filled with higher vibrations of light, of love, of confidence, of empowerment, that is the best form of protection and you actually get to make a difference, right? We sometimes 
think because of our outdated programming that we're making a difference by taking on someone's energy, trying to fix it for them. But we can never do that. That will always drain and deplete us. The best thing that you can do for someone is to remain in your energy and send them healing, send them love from there. Then your inner source is ever replenished and you have an abundance to give. Even if it's in an environment where you don't know anyone or if it's to a friend or a family member. We can never change or fix what someone else is going through. We can offer healing energy from our ever-replenished source. And when we are out in the world, it is our job and only our job to remain in our own lane and we can consciously and intentionally send energy from that place. And I often joke about this in crystal classes, you know, so often we hear about crystals like black tourmaline being these crystals of protection, which, you know, certainly to a degree they can be. But if you're not taking care of yourself energy energetically, it doesn't matter how many black tourmaline crystals you carry around in your pocket, right? You're still depleting your own source if you're talking to yourself like crap you know, or if you're treating yourself poorly. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind where you're creating those bypasses and not taking responsibility for caring for your own energy. So this brings up another big topic. So one of the big shifts that I saw occur for myself was that once I started to navigate and embrace my shadow side, the aspects of myself that I had judged, shamed, kept in the dark corners, the aspects of my personality that I had labeled as negative or unworthy, and this could be consciously or subconsciously. Once I started to do shadow work, I realized that I was much more able to hold a compassionate space for others who were navigating their shadow. So often when we have this gift of feeling and seeing, what we're feeling and seeing is the full spectrum of our beingness or of reality, which it is, right? We are here incarnated as humans and we are experiencing polarity all the time. We are experiencing full spectrum beingness all the time. And that is what we are. We are a full spectrum being. We are going to go through ups and downs and challenges. We are here to grow and learn through that. That is part of it, right? We learn through the darkness and the challenge so often. And so when we go out into the world and we are just picking up on everyone's shadow, and then we become alarmed by it, shocked by it, often it's because we have unresolved shadow within ourselves. We still have those things that we judge and that we shame, and so we're constantly being triggered. So the more that you begin to embrace the shadow aspects within yourself, the bigger container you have to compassionately hold or observe that in another. Because when we are picking up on those, what we deemed to be lower vibrational frequencies, right? They freak us out because they freak us out within ourselves as well. I know that I 
because my mother was suffered with depression, I was always so on high alert when I would feel a lower vibrational emotion. And before I had a better understanding of my emotional body, and I would always think that, you know, feeling sadness meant that I was going to become depressed. I didn't realize that it was just a part of who I was, or, you know, I would bottle up anger and then it would explode. So the more I started to befriend the the emotions that I would judge, the the better I would able to navigate them when I saw them out in the world and wouldn't be scared of them out in the world. And so just notice where you might have that tendency within yourself as well. Know that the gift of seeing and the gift of being a light worker, a light being, you know, is that you see through the light. A darkness is illuminated. You see beneath the surface. And that is all around us. That is an aspect of our reality. So n- treating that as something real helps to better prepare you as darkness is illuminated as you interface with yourself, others, and that which is going on in external reality. And ultimately, this is a gift, the gift of seeing, the gift of seeing beneath the surface, seeing things as they really are. And as we see things as they really are, it doesn't mean that the darkness is the totality. Often that gains much more of our attention because of its nature, maybe because of its density, because of its stickiness, but it is one sliver of the whole. And once you do see what's lying beneath the surface, you have the opportunity to choose what you decide to focus on. What is going to be your reality, not as a bypass, right? Not as a ignorance, but it is of a choice. Once you see the big picture, you get to choose what you are going to create as your reality, what you are going to focus on, how you are going to choose to perceive anything, yourself included, and the meaning that you give to it. And this is the essence of empowerment. So the journey of empowerment, of empath empowerment, is really one of building energetic muscles that will build over time with your conscious love and attention, firstly, for yourself. So I'd love to hear what's been coming up for you, any challenges that you hit along the way, any positive experiences that you have from bringing this awareness now into your life. And be sure to tune in next week because we will be diving into a guided meditation that will bring you in touch with your inner energy as a way to empower your empathic nature. So remember that you are in complete control of your frequency. That is your superpower and no one can access that energy unless you give them the permission to do so. Your energy matters. Honor your aura over and over and over again. You are inherently worth it. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Honor Your Aura podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, please leave a review and share with your friends because I want you to be the start of the ripple that allows others to honor and empower the energy that lies within.